0: In 1956, there was a missionary who went to Ecuador. His name was Jim Elliott. And uh, Jim Elliott had a passion to reach this unreached people group. But the unreached people group was a very dangerous group of people. Um, many people who had tried and attempted were unsuccessful. And yet he had such a passion and such a drive to, to reach these people. Um, and he, he attempted it. In doing so, he lost his life. But in losing his life, his, his wife and his son continued the mission. They knew how important this was to, to, to the father and to the husband. And they continued on. And they were, over time, able to build a relationship with this unreached people group. And, and even the son uh, met the man that had, had killed his father and built a relationship and forgave him. And that man came to Christ and most of that tribe came to Christ and it radically changed the world in that time, in that place, because he was so committed. He was so committed to what God had for him. And there's a famous quote that, that Jim Elliot is, is, is credited to saying, he said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And this Sunday, as we celebrate our, our freedom, that we are free as, as individuals in the United States, and every week as we celebrate the freedom we have in Christ, that our eternity is set, we are freed from sin, we are freed from all of those things. I look at a guy like Jim Elliot and I ask myself, what am I committed to that freedom? What are we committed to in that area of freedom and sharing that freedom with others? And so this very special Sunday as we, we look to the Lord to guide our hearts, as we look to the Lord to inspire us and, and to, to help us to see a future that he has for us, um, let's precede his word with prayer as we look to him. As uh, the point of our hope and the true place of the freedom that we celebrate. Let's pray. Father, you are good, your name is good, your ways are good, and I am so grateful. Uh, for your love. I'm so grateful for your patience. Um, I'm so grateful that um, you're, you're with us and you're for us. And Lord, I look at uh, the story of Jim Elliott and, and, and just think about the commitment that he had and that he was completely committed to you and, and even his, his family was completely committed to you, willing to do whatever you called them to do. And Lord, as we think of the, the cost of freedom, uh, as we have seen throughout the years in, in our own country that, that the cost of freedom is so high, but we know the cost of freedom from sin was you on the cross. And so this morning as we focus in on on worshiping you, we focus in on knowing you better and we focus in on, on following you wherever you lead us, we ask that you would speak to us through your words and that you would open our hearts and our minds to you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. This morning we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 5 verses 13 through 16. This is actually one of my favorite parts of the Bible. And, and I think uh, Matthew really teaches us some, some powerful things as he reflects on, on what Jesus did. And uh, as we come into this, this, this text and we look at the context, we see this is where Jesus had just finished sharing on the Sermon on the Mount. And he'd been re, uh, redefining almost what it was to be right with God. And, and he was establishing all these new things. And, and the crowd was joining him and the crowd was getting behind him, and uh, he pulled the, them together, his disciples, and he began to say, this is what should be true about you. This is what you should be known for. This is what I'm calling you to do. As you follow me as my disciples, this is what I would like to see of you. And that's where we look here in verse 13. He says this, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And so Jesus says, you are the salt of the world. And in that time, they would have understood that salt brought healing. So if there were wounds, you would deal with it with salt. They would have understood that salt uh, would keep things fresh and and preserve things. And that there was this powerful uh, effect of salt in the life of a person at that time. Even the Roman soldiers would have used salt as money. And so there was a high value to this concept of salt. And for, for his listeners, they would have said, we're the salt of the earth. We have that kind of value. We have that kind of importance. And Jesus is saying, look, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to follow me, you need to be the salt of the earth. And that means you need to to demonstrate the fruit of the spirit where people see love and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control and long-suffering within your life. That when they look at you, they see me. And that salt brings flavor and that salt brings healing and that salt, um, I've put you on the earth to be the salt of the earth and you have an important job, a important responsibility. And so if you claim Jesus, if you follow Jesus as your Lord and savior, these need to be the identifying factors in your life. And then he goes on to say that if you lose your saltiness, then there's no good in that. There's no good if you've lost the whole uh, purpose of the calling, the whole reflecting of Christ. Christ. And I think right now, at this time, probably more than any time in most of our lives, we need to bring peace. We need to be salt. We need to be healers. We need to be encouragers. We need to be uplifters. We need to be supporters. And so I think this is such a valuable uh, lesson and teaching for, for us as we look at God's word and say, how can I live this out? What does this mean to me? And then he goes on in verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives it light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father who is in heaven. And as I'm looking that and, and, and reflecting on that, as we reflect on that, on um, this light in a dark place, do you feel like Light? Do you feel like you are so focused on the Lord that people are seeing clearly who he is because of your life? Are you reflecting the truth in such a way that people know that you have the Holy Spirit of God living within you? I thought about him saying that if you hide it, you, know, if, if, you if you put it in a place where it doesn't um, reveal its true nature of light, then it will remain dark. And I think we're living in in darkness. And he's saying, I need you to stand up. I need you to be the light of the world. I need you to shine this light right now, more than ever. I need you to shine the light. Because people are blinded. People are in the darkness. People need to know that they have value. People need to know that there's hope for the future. People need to know that God is good and he is there for them and he will take care of them. And and, and, and really, in the end, we were all created to worship God. And that light needs to be reflected through our lives. And so we shouldn't hide the light that God gives us. And so Jesus, he summarizes this and says, if you shine your light, people will see that goodness in you. They will see that you are not selfish, but you are selfless. They will see the truth of me in you. And because of that, they will glorify God. They will say, that cannot be natural. That is something beyond uh, human ability. That is from God. And when they see that, it validates, it gives, um, it gives a, a point of truth to the fact of who God is and, and what his plans are for this world. And so as I reflect on this and as we reflect on this, how do we live this out? How can we be salt and light? How can we be the very thing that Christ has called us to do? And so there's two things I believe that can help us as we desire to be salt and light. If you're a follower of Christ and, you're, and, and maybe right now, as you look around and you're watching the news, you're watching all the things, you're saying, I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I want to share the truth. I want to share love. I want to be part of a solution that brings peace and healing. And Jesus says to be salt and light is how that's gonna happen. So I just share with you the first thing I would encourage you to do. The first thing I would encourage you to do is make a strong commitment that you will listen to and look for God in your life. What is he saying to your heart? There are things that God says to our heart that no person can communicate. There are things that God might be saying to your heart right now that are stirring things that are that are moving within you that he's calling you to something. He's challenging you to be completely committed to him. What will you gain? If everything is in this world, he's offering something greater than that. And he's desiring us to be fully committed to that. And then the second uh, point I would encourage you on is once he's revealed to you what he has for you, as he begins to reveal what his calling is, that you go and do it. That you live it out. That you follow through. And that you're obedient in it. For many of you, you know, this past week, I I sent an email out with our Servant Leadership Council um, that I will be moving on, that that God has called us to new things. And um, it's very hard for me because I love this church and I love you and and I'll deeply miss all of you. And, And I look back at my time and I'm very thankful, very thankful for all the wonderful things, all the support, all those times of laughing, all those times of doing ministry together. Um, all those that I've met and built deep relationships, my family has been so encouraged by. We will miss you so deeply. But if I can leave you with one thing, if you remember me for anything, I, I pray that you would remember that the real value in life is loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. And when he calls you, when he leads you, that you follow and you go wherever he calls you to whatever he calls you to do that God is using this time and this place for us to be his his ambassadors, to be his salt, to be his light, to make a difference in this world. And so my commitment to the Lord is that he would use me as salt and light. My prayer for everyone that's listening and watching this right now, if you don't know Christ, today is the day to come to know him, to follow him. He is the answer. If you do know Christ, that you would commit everything to being salt and light, saying, I will give everything you ask of me. I will love you with every ounce of me, knowing that when I go from this life to the next, you'll be waiting with a hug for me. That's my prayer for you. And so as as a believer in Christ, I may never physically see many of you again, but I will see you again spiritually forever. So we don't say goodbye. We say, see you later. I want you to know how much I love you, how much I care for you, and how much I'm gonna miss seeing your faces and and shaking hands, I know that's not gonna happen for a while anyway. Miss the hugs, uh, miss the stories, um, but I do want you to know how deeply and truly blessed I am to have been part of this, uh, be part of Gaten and what he's doing. Uh, At this time, Scott Johnson, the chair of the Servant Leadership Council has some things he would like to share with you. um, And I will make sure that my email is available And if you'd like to reach out, we want to stay in contact. Uh, We want to maintain a healthy and Christ-centered relationship. And so um, I will leave you with the fact that there's nothing greater in life than to love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor as yourself. God bless
1: thank you pastor mike good morning i'm scott johnson and on behalf of the 11 members of the servant leadership council i'm glad to be with you this morning to convey our thanks to pastor mike for being our senior pastor for the last four years as a servant leadership council we work very very closely with the senior pastor and in that four years we have learned that pastor mike has a deep deep god-led passion for discipleship and evangelism. So as he feels called by God to move to his next ministry, the SLC very much supports him, embraces him, loves him, and wishes him well going forward. You know, ordinarily, when a senior pastor leaves a church, We're able to have a time to gather, to have a reception, uh, to take time to talk, to say goodbye, to laugh, to hug. But as Pastor Mike alluded to, we're not in ordinary times. And with COVID the way it is, Pastor Mike has asked, in lieu of having an in-person event, if you would convey your well wishes to he and his family through emails, through calls, through text, he would greatly appreciate that. The uh, SLC has begun work on the necessary steps for our interim period here at Gayton and we are preparing not only for the opening of our first in-person service next Sunday, the 12th, but also working for weeks ahead and planning accordingly. The SLC has asked Jeff Lindquist, our executive and worship arts pastor, to be our staff lead in this interim period. We're working diligently with Jeff and Jeff is helping to make the necessary plans. We'll continue to engage Jeff and the the church staff through this interim period on a regular basis uh, and make it a team approach going forward beyond that we've already started work with the deacons and their leadership as our church constitution provides that it is the deacons that will assemble the search committee for a senior pastor and bring that back to you for a vote so as we go forward I ask you to please pray for Gayton. please pray for Pastor Mike and his family as we do that and looking ahead to the last song which will be played in a second Please focus on the words and the lyrics as that will plot our course forward. Thank you.